Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 35. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually find us on Facebook, and through our Facebook link, you will be able to see every single episode as it gets released first thing every single morning. So if you want to like us on Facebook, we appreciate the likes. We appreciate comments. You can uh, reach us there any way you want to. Facebook.com forward slash brick and mortar reporter will find us on Facebook. Also, if you're a Twitter user, it's very easy to find us at BAM Reporter at BAM Reporter for Brick and Mortar Reporter. So those are two ways you can get in touch with us and stay in touch with us and keep up with the latest episodes on the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Now, off to the interview. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. My name is Christy Hostler, and I'm your host. And tonight, I have a very unique and unusual guest. The reason this guest is unique is unusual, and, and unusual is because of his journey and how he's gotten to the place he is currently in entrepreneurship. We have Dan Swenson Clatt. He is the owner of the Butter Bakery Cafe in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now, people in Minneapolis probably just know it as butter, which you can't get yeah. much more much more of a lovely connotation than that when you think about bakeries and, and good things to eat. And Dan's involved with his community, and he utilizes some hiring practices that um, provide employment to those that maybe are most in need of employment and job training skills. So he's here to share his unique philosophy on hiring, as well as his crazy journey that landed him as the owner of Butter Bakery. So Dan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight and sharing your story. We're so glad to have you here. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Well, I have just given a little bit of a, a teaser about your journey and who you are and that sort of thing, but we want to start before we even really talk about your business is we want to kind of hear the story of you and how, um, you know, your personal and professional life and all those things that maybe have gotten you up to this point where we are today and uh, kind of give us a little background on you. Certainly. Well, I am I can tell you that uh, at uh my early 50s, I am doing exactly what I was doing as a 14-year-old, <laughs> which is a, which is a lot of circle. fun. <laughs> one, of my very, one of my very first jobs was uh, working as a short-order cook in a, uh, a little ice cream parlor restaurant not far from wow. my house. Um, and it was, it was an introduction to uh, work, uh, being, mm-hmm. a, being a worker. Um, but also kind of just that camaraderie of being a team working together in a in a sure. restaurant setting where there were so many of us working every day to make it all happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed that job through my high school years, and oh, wow. and I think it um, it had an impact on me as a someone who felt very comfortable in a kitchen, uh, yeah. someone who <laughs> didn't mind cooking, um, who after he got married and had children was had no problem taking over uh, kitchen cooking duties and uh, okay. um, have always had cooking as a, a, a passion or just at least a, a willingness to experiment and do things with. So um, I've had that with me throughout, throughout my life. And mm-hmm. at some point, my mother-in-law handed me a book on scones, which um, oh, wow. which was one of those little things that I took on as well it's I have tried baking bread and that's fun but here's another little project to try and sure enough uh, every time I would make a batch and bring it somewhere the reviews were pretty good (laughs) oh good wow (laughs) which which meant I would keep doing it (laughs) yes exactly that's how you get more (laughs) yeah and uh, I ended up making them in larger batches and bringing them to more places. <laughs> and people would say things like, well, if you ever made this at a shop, I would buy them. And so oh, wow. all of those things kind of um, were a patter, pathway along one of my, kind of the way life went. Um, mm-hmm. 
the the other path for me was that uh, as I finished college, I moved myself into uh, teaching English. Um, oh, and wow. as, as I always laugh, one of my one of my favorite mentors here in Minnesota is Garrison Keeler, another English oh, yeah. English major, <laughs> who says really with an English major you really can do anything actually yes, yes you can yes. So, <laughs> and then you can write about it too <laughs> you can so I took my English degree and um, taught middle school English for nearly 20 years um, wow. many of those were in pretty alternative school settings in which mm-hmm. I was um, an English teacher but teaching much more than that and also thinking about being an educator in a space where um, classroom can really be just about anything. Um, so my my goal as a teacher was always to be pretty lively and fresh. Um, working with 14-year-olds, they keep you pretty honest um, <laughs> and humble, and that and they are not afraid to tell you when you are kind of losing your losing your your spot in the the ranking of good teachers. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> I can say that uh, after a good 15 years of teaching and feeling like, um, you know, I I had kind of mastered what I was doing Uh um, and being a mentor to many new young teachers, um, I had that little side piece going of, is this what I really want to do for the rest of the sure. my working life. Yeah. <laughs> um, being a, an administrator in a school did not appeal to me, which is a usual mm-hmm. path for many teachers. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and some of that's just from my own background of thinking al- more alternative that uh, I didn't really fit as an administrator anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I had the opportunity at one point to be in a charter school, in which case we were running our school as a business. Oh, Not yeah. very well. Um, none of us <laughs> had real business experience. Um, and that was um, enough of a learning experience to, to make me feel like um, I, had, I had seen the challenge out in front of me um, to actually try to run a business. Um, wow. And one of the, the last things I, I did in the, the final school I taught in was to um, take one of my little extra classes and do a business plan writing class with kids. Oh, very um, interesting. <laughs> which, was, which was for them because they you know, could really make some, have some benefits from it. But I was using it as well as a way to just imagine what it would be like for me to run a business too. Um, during those couple of years that I that I kind of run ran that little class with kids, I was also doing things like visiting other little restaurants and coffee shops that I liked and starting to just chat with people mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and pull owners aside and uh, ask questions and all under the guise of being a teacher and doing this class and thinking about it. But sure. it, it it kind of was also just in my mind that this would be a possibility for me. Um, I can tell you that I grew up as a, a suburban kid, pretty, uh-huh. pretty normal uh, run of the mill, small town life, which grew on me well enough that um, when I moved after, uh, after college and began living in an urban center like Minneapolis, um, that small town draw uh, was often what I missed about being in a big city. Oh, okay. So one of the things that uh, that landed me where I am currently is that I had been commuting to every school I went to. Get up in the morning, drive, drive, drive. Yeah. But what really, what I really felt I was missing was living and working in my own neighborhood and knowing my own little area that I that I was a part of. Yeah. So I drew a circle around the house that we had moved into and said, as soon as something comes up, I'm going to jump and, and take it. Wow. Um, we watched a couple that were maybe a, a little farther away show up. Um, mm-hmm. I had brothers and sisters involved in coffee shops. And so they, you know, would go with me and we'd look them over and say, Oh, this would be fun. And we could start dreaming. Um, yes. <laughs> and and yet they were always a little just not quite right based on where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that finally did show up <laughs> was 
wasn't actually a little coffee shop. It was a bakery. <laughs> oh, um, okay. It didn't it didn't quite fit my first uh, ideas of what I was thinking I was going to do. Um, it wasn't part of the original business plan. <laughs> okay. But it really was in my neighborhood. <laughs> and it was it this some nice, nice little place that had a kitchen. And it had these odd possibilities. And the scone thing kind of came back. And okay. all of those things just felt like, uh, this is one we should we should make an attempt at and just go for it. Um, right. I... I think the hardest part at that point was that um, we didn't have a lot of capital. Uh, This was going to be every bit of savings and all of the family kind of collections of things we could muster. Um, So it was going to be a, you know, put everything out on the table and just try to scrape by. Uh Um, We didn't have quite the time that I think um, I would have liked maybe <laughs> um, <laughs> to to generate some more you know, more traditional support uh, you uh-huh. know go for some bank loans or things that would be you know, good backing to start with right. um, so we we just kind of uh, pooled all our resources in the family and um, and made it work um, Wow the the funny thing about uh, this little shop um, is that it uh, it was offered to me, perhaps, and I, I could say this as a you know a new person into business, offered to me with some uh, some numbers that looked good that weren't actually real. Um, oh, okay. I I was working with a broker who I thought was probably on my side, but no, that was less of the case than, <laughs> than the way it actually Hindsight, works in right? real life. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. you know, I think, um, you know, in, in how one approaches, you know, business, uh, <laughs> there are people who do business. <laughs> yes, and they will take your business. <laughs> and they will take my business and they will sell me things. That's um, it. Exactly. And, and, you know, I kind of, it, it took me a little while to learn that. Um, that first one was a hard one to learn um, yeah, because over yeah. the course of the first year, um, the things that I imagined were part of the deal just didn't come through and weren't there. And um, and it really did create a, a, a tough start. I had to yeah. really kind of re- rethink the whole place for myself. Um, mm. It did mean that it was... Um, you know, it, it became my place. Uh, it was a, I had to make it work, um, mm-hmm. and and then uh, you know I I got that lesson from from folks who were selling me things for my shop that I really didn't need, oh, um, wow. and I and that was a good lesson as well to think about um, who actually had the power in that place as a business person. Uh-huh. Um, I am the buyer, um, right. And I get I get to make that choice, and I can choose things that really are going to fit what I need. Right. Um, and it it was a long first year. It was a long second year. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have uh, I have one brother-in-law who had been in business for many years um, in a little kind of a software, hardware, computer business, and had mm-hmm. had a good sense of retail. Um, he he really walked me through those first couple of years of just helping kind of monitor what was happening and um, be aware of how the numbers work and you know, kind of kept pressing me for how are you going to stop the losses? Where are we going to find the money? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. All good questions, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this. What year was it that you actually started the bakery? We started in 2006. 2006. And, okay. and if you think it's actually January 1st, we had a New Year's Eve party and moved in the next day and got going. Wow. Um, and it was indeed, yes, the kind of the middle of an, a not so great economy. And it certainly was another couple of years of things were not looking very positive anywhere around me. 
Right. Um, every time I'd go to the bank, there was this level of cautiousness that uh, oh, yeah. made you feel like, <laughs> what's wrong? Like pit in your stomach, yeah, pit in your stomach, thinking, oh, no, I don't even want to deal with yeah. it. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So when you opened and when you finally said, here's my circle, here's where I'm drawing the yeah. line and what I'm looking for, had you already given up your teaching job at that point? I was... I was in the middle of a teaching year. I had to decide whether I was going to leave mid-year or finish out my school year. I had a long conversation with the team that I worked with at the school, and they kind of knew my journey. Um, They knew that that there was a point where um, I... If I was going to stay, I may not be as <laughs> may not be as happy and productive. Uh, yes, uh-huh. as, and I, I can tell you that uh, the 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 real the real movement for me was um, early in that fall. We had a back to school gathering with our students. Um, mm-hmm. This is a school of sixth, seventh, and eighth graders where you work with the kids. Oh, every all the years. So I had kids that I had known for three years. Sure. And one of my favorites of the whole group stood up in the middle of that meeting and looked at me and said, you're not as happy as you were two years ago. And and I looked at her and went, oh, my gosh, it is time for me to go. Yeah. Wow. Funny how you can't. Yeah, I was going to say it's funny how there's some of that that you can't mask, no matter how hard you're trying. You know, it just. Doesn't yeah. it, you give yourself away sometimes? Yeah, yeah. So. And I think my team knew that too. That yeah. that I was working hard, but uh, my heart was heading somewhere else. Yeah. And so we had a mid-year. I, uh, you know, left with left with tears, but yeah. <laughs> but the better oh, yeah. than better than leaving was glad to see you're gone. <laughs> exactly. Well, and yeah. let me ask you this. So so when you did that, I can imagine now that that is the point at which many people that have the same desire that you have never make it beyond because mm-hmm. they never walk away from the comfort and security. I'm sure now oh, I don't yes. know in Minnesota how many years you have to teach, but most of the time it's like 28 or 27. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. weren't far from retirement. No. Why are you throwing this away? <laughs> I'm sure I, I can hear all the questions, <laughs> yep. right? Yep. Um, and the year so, of, yeah, there was, there was a little you know, magic formula. And <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And now, and so at this point in time, you're walking away from the security and comfort of essentially having a steady job, steady paycheck, yes. probably decent benefits, working toward retirement, pension, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And you walk away from that and into this realm of uncertainty in something that you have never really truly done before. Yes. You had to have some fear <laughs> and some I'm I'm guessing. I'm just you know, don't let me project oh anything. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about that because I, yeah. I really if people can get to a point where they can get control of that fear and let them make let it make them take action or propel them into actually doing something about it, there would be many more people stepping out and creating businesses mm-hmm. and, again, mm-hmm. creating jobs and economies yeah. and all yep. this other kind of thing. So yeah. tell us what what was that like and what did you do to get <laughs> past that fear? Oh, my. Yes. Um, fear, fear would be a, a, a small part of the – the worry, the anxiety, sure. the, the absolute, uh, you know, uncertainty, and and even uh, you know, for a long time, those first couple of years, the belief that I had made a mistake. <laughs> that this well, was I was going to ask, idea. Yeah. how um, often did you deal yeah, with that? Was that a yeah. constant thing? We're thinking I those, shouldn't have ever. Yeah, done that. those first couple of years, you know, to have given up a salary. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still, after eight years. Um, don't work for pay. <laughs> I uh-huh, work for I right. work for what I consider an investment in my business, but not for pay. And yeah. it's um, those first years. There was um, the the fear for me. I I can tell you a couple of things about how um, I walked through that with schools. Um, mm-hmm. Starting a charter school um, from you know we were going to open a open a business, open a building from scratch, and 
Um, we had a great ideas, but you really didn't know if it would work. Uh, right. and, you, and there were, there were ways of kind of giving ourselves enough courage to just take the risk. Um, uh-huh. and, and when it didn't work, um, you know, I knew that as unhappy as I was about it not working, um, we also knew that it wasn't the end of the world. Um, right. There, there would be other things that could happen. Um, I was involved as a part of one of the schools in doing um, a very uh, amazing training with the folks from Outward Bound. Um, okay. Wow. And got myself out onto a mountain backpacking rock climbing adventure that pushed me to um, being afraid, <laughs> mm, <laughs> uh, being, okay. a, being a point of thinking, do I, do I really think I can do this? Um, uh-huh. And, and you, I used a lot of those images of how uh-huh. our team worked together, our group of teachers in that group um, to, to get ourselves all the way through that, uh, that journey um, to believe that there would be people around me, um, when I really needed them, who would step forward uh-huh. and help? Um, I think the the message that that a lot of business folks have is that you know it's your business. You're on your own. You go. You know it's independent. Right. <laughs> but uh, you really are not independent. It's it's very dependent. And there are uh-huh. many people who are dependent on you as a business. And that sense of of you know, camaraderie amongst the vendors and the customers and, yeah, and, right. and all the people who, you know, who rely on a business. Um, it, it, there are a lot of times I feel like I'm alone. That's um, yeah, true. Uh-huh. Um, it's yeah, my business. I, and when I get down to uh, some of those decisions, it is just me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm never alone in this. Uh, there are always folks who, uh, from whatever angle they come at me, uh, who remind me that um, they're there to support me. Uh-huh. And and I think uh, I I used I used that during the first couple of years um, to just keep moving forward to believe okay. that that there would be an end to the losses, uh-huh. <laughs> which at which right. point they slowed down and stopped. That was just this, this sense of relief as well as accomplishment. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, okay, absolutely. you know, uh, it's a pretty big, <laughs> there's a pretty big little uh, chunk of stuff uh, called debt behind me, but yeah. <laughs> I figured out how to make uh, a positive cash flow. Whoa. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's and pretty that's cool. a huge accomplishment. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and, um, and and at some point, um, we realized in our uh, the first shop that I had, this first space that we had for our shop was a pretty small little storefront, uh, a pretty inadequate uh, design. It was not a kitchen uh, that was. It was a renovated space as a kitchen, so it wasn't actually designed in the first place to work as a kitchen. Um, wow. So all of those things were working against it, and yet. Um, Whenever I would kind of sit down with my mentors, and one of them is a, a wonderful guy who works with the city of Minneapolis, who got assigned to me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they kind of help make sure that everything would keep working. Um, who, who would look at me and say, "How are you doing this in that little space? How are you managing this? It's like wow. there's no way you should have this much traffic in that tiny little place. How do you get them in and out? How do you seat them? What wow. is happening?" And, and it was it was really fun to 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 kind of chase that level of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a there's a point in in a lot of businesses where it you feel like you're running it, and then all of a sudden. You're just chasing it. <laughs> ah, gotcha. It's out in yeah. front of you, yeah. and you're just trying to keep up. <laughs> uh-huh. And that, you know, what though? Many times when that comes because of volume and traffic and all that, that's a good kind of chase. That's a good kind of chase. Yeah, yes. <laughs> just being that's, along for the ride. That's a, that's another creative problem, but it's a fun one because it's yes. it's one where you realize that what what you finally have hit on is. I'm doing the right thing. I really am. I may not know exactly how to do it right because it's you know I'm still chasing it. it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but this is this is the right thing. And now I just have to 
figure out how to make it work for me. Um, yeah. Well, we, we reached a point at about year five and six where uh, we couldn't fit in the space we were in. It just wasn't working. Um, we had reached capacity, really. Um, mm-hmm. My staff and I were bumping elbows so much that we just said, we got to kind of think about bigger spot. Um, okay. Which so in my have... neighborhood's hard to find. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wow. and, and I really did, you know, that did not want to leave um, uh-huh. my neighborhood. Because sure. I'm a neighborhood shop, and um, the, the work that we did, and the success that we've had is because of the neighbors. Um, they yeah. they are the, the loyal fans and they make it work. Um, and so I I looked at a couple spaces that required renovation. Um, they were going to be really challenging. Oh, um, wow. They were going to be hard on the business. Um, I, they didn't have a lot of um, – I didn't feel real hopeful and yet, you know, it's like I, I just felt like I needed to make that kind of move. Um, mm-hmm. I made one attempt to uh, kind of follow through with a landlord, and we got about halfway in and almost, you know, kind of started to put some things together and went, no, this just isn't right. Oh, it <laughs> so I, I had learned enough about my own sense of what I could do at that point to say I can't. I can't step farther than than what I'm able to do. Okay. Um, and and I think I you know as much as as we all feel like we could really just do anything, um, mm-hmm. learning some limits in those first few years was really important. And those first yeah. few years really did teach me that I had some limits. Yeah. Um, well, and I was yeah. going to say sometimes you you learn to to get limits whenever yeah. you get you know get a little bit pushed over so so let me ask you this dan you said you had um some good and and i know not having a background in business this Mm -hmm. might be more particular um something that was a high priority for you but you mentioned that you had some business coaches or mentors i guess you called them what is the biggest thing that you learned from them well i have i have three mentors that that all kind of gave me different ways of thinking about business. My brother-in-law, who had been in business for many years and had run retail business and kind of knew what he was doing, um, gave me the the belief that if I just worked the numbers, it would be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, trust the numbers. (laughs) Right, Um, right. Yeah, they don't lie. They don't lie to you. If you you see something that isn't working, that's a clue. (laughs) Use yeah. that to learn from it. Um, uh, keep good data, track things well, get good numbers to work with, uh, and and use them. Uh, and I have, and I think that that has been really helpful to just have that sense of understanding that you can't pretend the numbers are playing around. You can't play mm-hmm. with them either. Uh, right. My uncle is a business management professor at a college in the cities and oh, his wow. his take on on uh, kind of entrepreneurship after you know teaching entrepreneur young entrepreneurs for many years um was you know here i am in a late late in my kind of <laughs> career change and right. I'm wanting to become a new entrepreneur um i think he he always leaned on um you know Know your market. Know your market. Uh, know who know who these people are. Listen to okay. your customers. Um, you know the greatest ideas you may have <laughs> mean nothing yeah. if it's only your idea. That's true. That is true. And yeah. how many times do we completely miss it? You know, what our customers want. Yeah. So, so I think he had worked with with students enough to you know kind of have that sense of really. Understand your market. Understand your your neighbors. Rely on your customers uh, for for good advice. Um, yeah. And would ask me often about you know is uh, you know is what you're doing working? Are people happy with what you're doing? And you know would come at it from that side with me. And um, our conversations were always you know much more about you know uh, the customer experience. 
And I, mm-hmm. I appreciated that because, um, sure. you know, as a, as a teacher, I was always very driven on whether the students were getting it and learning it and <laughs> enjoying yes. it. That was important. And I needed to see that that indeed was my job now too, um, to watch my customers that way. Mm-hmm. The third mentor for me has been a, a person who works for the city of Minneapolis in community development. And his, he is uh, kind of my, um, my business mentor in a sense of um, recognizing what's possible for um, me as a business person. Um, uh, You know, I think he has seen me as a, you know, this unlikely business owner, Uh (laughs) a little creative (laughs) path um, of kind of surprising, you know, ways of dealing with business. In fact, many times when we sit down, he just says, you know, you're not actually that great of a business person, Dan, <laughs> but what you've got is a level of creativity that you know, really is amazing. <laughs> okay, well, um, there you go. <laughs> and so, you know, we talk about business um, in a way that, you know, is, is less about the numbers and the, the business plan and more about how I'm learning to to be a business person. Um, And I I have appreciated that because it's a lot of times I do feel pretty inadequate as a, what would be a business person. (laughs) Um, And yet I know that what I'm doing is, is pretty amazing, creative things. And, and coming late to the game, of course, you've got a different learning curve than people that would be, you know, coming in 20 years earlier Mm -hmm. than you. Definitely, mm-hmm. um, definitely important to have those those three perspectives yeah. because I think that's good that you had those influences keeping you kind of focused and accountable for different areas yeah. of your business. Yep, and keeping now, me a little more patient and grounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. you are you like you said you are focused on your neighborhood and you know living and working and contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you really have taken literally the phrase of you know keep your money where your or your house is. Yeah. And uh, and so I love that, but I also wanted to find out from your community perspective what resources were there within the community to help you get your business off the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I had a point there at that kind of fifth and sixth year where things were kind of grooving along and working well. And I had that kind of new energy to, to really be connected to my community in ways that uh, let me do things like participate on a neighborhood organization's board and recognize that the neighborhood organizations had lots of resources, both in people and money and connections Mm -hmm. to things that, um, that would be great for my business and other businesses. Um, I've wow. participated in um, a couple of our business associations in that way of thinking, I need the networking, I need to know people and know what's available. Um, mm-hmm. But I also get just, I get to know where the resources are. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That, that don't often make it into places otherwise you don't you don't hear about them unless you participate sure um, so i've been very active in in our neighborhood organizations uh, i've connected with uh, our even just our schools and other you know the the churches and things of the neighborhood that that our community um, create that fabric around me that is, is really about people and yes. if you're going to run a business, you really should be connected, well, in, in many cases, to people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. that, you know, that's the good thing about local businesses that, that I deal with and that, you know, I'm talking to every day is that those local businesses are completely about their customers in a completely different way than big boxes and chains are because they're just more profit driven or bottom line driven. And most local business owners are absolutely about the people and that's where their competitive advantage is. So I completely agree. Yeah. And I reached a point in those years where I had a different kind of capital that I started to talk about for my shop, which was a social capital. Um, oh, okay. To be loved as a business, 
Um, even if you don't have a lot of financial capital and you've got a uh-huh. lot of love, things can yeah. happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, you so, know, yeah. I, you see many times um, – those communities rally around exactly. a struggling business in order to save it for the community. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that in many times in different places. So yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. I don't, I don't generally like to spend a lot of time focusing on the negative, but mm-hmm. I know that there are probably <laughs> some, some failures or even some um, things that maybe haven't gone exactly the way you wanted them to from the time you opened your business that were kind of things that could serve as lessons to other people of what not to do or or something that you should have, if you had a chance to redo it, you would probably do it differently. What kind of failures or struggles have you had that you had to overcome with that? Well, being a new person into a business setting, I I walked in with a, a teacher's mind of trusting anyone who walks in to sell me things that they really had me in their best interest uh, when, when wow. the exact opposite was usually true. <laughs> yes. No, they it's had, true. They had it things is. to sell and they needed to sell them to me whether I needed them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up in um, some service contracts that, that were absolutely not in my best interest uh, oh, and I had no. no way to get out of them. Uh, I, I was connected to large, um, large vendors who had um, more power than I had <laughs> yeah. and could demand things that uh, made it difficult for me. Uh, and I was, you know, in a place at that point where I felt like my, I really was just trying to be nice to them. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and not realizing that, uh, Really, as as the business, I really had a, a needed to respect my business enough to say, this is what my business needs. This is mm-hmm. what's important to my business, and if you're not actually a part of that, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, I no, can that's... find people who share my mission or my vision or who fit the kind of things that um, I need uh, uh-huh. in a way that that serves me better. I can see how it would take a while to get to the point where it's okay for you to say no. Yeah. You know, especially oh, yeah. in a new business, you're trying, you know, you you, you say yes, yes, you. yes, yes, yes <laughs> to everything because you, you don't want to miss an opportunity. Yeah. You don't want anyone not to, you know, feel like they can come to you mm-hmm. or, or to your business. And, and, and then they getting clearly to a don't point. have enough experience comparing to realize yeah. that the person who you just talked to really is not as good as the next person who walked in the door. Exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And I think that's, you know, it's a shame that there are people out there that will will take advantage of you if you're able to be taken advantage of. And uh, that's a hard thing for any business owner to uh, uh, to deal with. And especially as a small business, uh, an independent business, I think there's uh, even more sense of, well, you know, oh, my gosh, the, the... the credit card processing, yeah. <laughs> all of the people with, you know, contracts for services mm-hmm. that, you know, I I really didn't understand them well enough either. Right. And, and felt yeah. pretty pressured to just say yes. Um, I did that with several advertisers who had great deals for me until I realized they actually weren't very good deals mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I wasn't getting yeah. anything back from them. Um but those, I think those things are really hard to learn up front and to they be are. able to have, uh, I think what I, what I would, the, the takeaway for me is that there are probably, um, probably folks who are starting up um, who should just get somebody around them um, who's been around a few years and say, before, yes. I, before I say yes to somebody, I'm going to ask them. Second Absolutely. <laughs> no, it makes opinion. sense. It makes sense because, yeah. you know, you're dealing with industries that you don't have any familiarity right. with. And so even knowing how much of what you're being told is negotiable mm-hmm. is 
is a, a different kind of yeah. realm for you, yeah. you know? And so it's just one of those things where um, you do have to, that's a learning curve that everyone has to get, you know, get through. And the quicker you get through with the least amount of damage, the better yeah. off you are. Indeed. So I think Indeed. The, the collateral damage is what kills you on yeah. that. Yeah, so. yeah. So to get away from the failures and that sort of thing, what's the business accomplishment that you're most proud of? Well, in the middle of my wanting to move and not being able to move and <laughs> feeling like I was going to be stuck in my tiny little place, uh-huh. um, I was approached by an organization um, who needed a partner and wanted someone that would be well-loved by the community and well-trusted and could serve the, 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 the mission that they had. And they wanted me. They, they came to me with that invitation. And at that point, I, I just kind of realized that I had done something um, wow. that was noticeable, that, that mm-hmm. I had created something that had a value. Um, And in this case, it was a housing program for young adults um, who had been formerly homeless, who were at risk of homelessness, and whose building um, was meant to partner with a a small restaurant. They had built their housing with a restaurant in mind um, as a way to give a work site to the kids who who lived in the building. Uh And they had interviewed lots of people who thought, oh, I'd like to start a little little restaurant in your space. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of them impressed them the way my business had in what they knew about how it related to the community. Oh, wow. And to hear them tell me that story um, just gave me a sense of, of that I had done it. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Done somebody what I was hoping to do. <laughs> yeah, and that somebody else noticed that. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's a huge compliment yeah, for you yeah. for sure. And as so, big a risk as it was going to be for me, I also, you know, had created enough of a base in my community and with the people who were inviting me that they were all willing to take a risk on this move. Uh, They put up money for the construction. I had uh, almost 200 of my neighbors and community members donate money to my shop to help make the move. And we we made a move that I would think in most cases, if uh, all the banks told me for sure, it was not a good move. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) They weren't going to give me money for this. Um, Yeah. That was, you know, a big risk. But there was that level of support around me that made me feel like here I had, I had invested in my community and the investment was coming back. Yeah. Wow. So how is that working? Cause you're, you're still um, <laughs> providing some employment to yes. people that are in that program, right? Yeah. How does that work? And, and how, how does that work out for your business and even for the culture within mm-hmm. your business? You know, I in my small little hole in the wall spot, I was still a teacher. I still missed that that sense of working with kids to do training, mm-hmm. um, but it just wouldn't fit in that space. Um, there was no way I could you know, <laughs> see anybody <laughs> else in there with us without running into them. Um, Absolutely. And and what what the move gave for me was a, a chance to let that part of my background, my history, join me in my business. Um, Uh, I can have a training center now. I can have a place where we can bring two or three young adults into our space, work with us side by side, and and have that experience of learning on a job. Um, uh It has indeed changed the culture of our our whole place. Uh, (laughs) um, We've always had a sense of um, creativity and learning, um, you know, it, it, being a business person who's been learning on the job for eight years, <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone else who's come with me kind of picks that up. But, uh-huh. but we have made that kind of a key part of what we do in our, in our space now is that we're, mm-hmm. we are a training center. 
Um, all of the staff who came with me to the new space came with that dedication to being mentors and trainers. Wow. Um, so it, it elevated their level. It did. Automatically. Yes. Wow. It gave them a, a, a sense of mission as well. That you're not just cooking food. <laughs> right. You're right. doing something it, more here. And it's, and it's not just an entry level menial task where you uh, one day when you finish school you'll get another job yeah, or whatever. Right. Gives you definitely more of a higher calling for that. Yes. And we are we we are in a place where uh, a, the community story um, you know the, there are lots of folks who do walk into the shop and 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 think well they're just walking into another coffee shop and uh-huh. wonder why perhaps some things are a little different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But most of the people understand that this is um has a little different mission behind it and right. come with that recognition that they get to participate and as customers get to help uh help our young adults learn as well. And right. And just add value. I mean, you're mm-hmm. adding value to their lives in a way that Maybe, maybe no one has up until that point. It, it's, um, you know, as a as a teacher who had been in that spot with kids to recognize um, yeah. what what one adult can do um, yes. when they put that, that put that mm-hmm. belief in a in a young adult who's who's struggling. Um, yeah, we are we are at a point where we are turning kids around, and we're part of that. Uh, you know. The, there's there's options for kids that are, are very negative, and we get to be mm-hmm. the positive one. Wow, um, that's great because it just it makes it more more than you're right more than just about the food and the yes. coffee. No? <laughs> and, yet, <laughs> and yet it really is about the food. It is <laughs> exactly. I, I people, it's not about I, the food because I, it is. <laughs> I couldn't have opened a community center and called it a yeah. community center. That's hard to do. But I can right. open a little coffee shop or restaurant. And then do things. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. But yeah. but you know it came, it came when it was supposed to come, and you know it just yes. it worked out for yes. you. So. And and I think what what I've learned from part of my long look at my journey is that even from the days of being a cook <laughs> in high school, uh-huh. um, and and working my way through many different kinds of teaching settings. Um, that everything we carry with us um, has a place in the next steps that we take if we're willing to just let them combine (laughs) and and be part of what we've learned. Um, I I have what would probably be the luxury of many years of uh, experiences that aren't about a restaurant and aren't about business. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, but, but they're about people. But they're about people and about working and about getting through the fear and the long, long nights <laughs> and, right. and and waking up in the morning and saying, This is gonna be a good day. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get to you know, go and meet my neighbors again and sure. find out how things are going and um and we're gonna we're gonna share in another day together. Well, I think that, you know, that model of partnering with um, community organizations to provide mm-hmm. unemploy- um, to buy- provide employment and training, employment training for people that most desperately need it, that are at risk of falling through the cracks, that are yeah. at risk of potentially ending up in the justice system and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a... That is a business model, I think, that could work in so many communities if there were just the organizations willing to put the time and effort into yeah. to, to yeah. making that partnership and collaboration happen. Yeah. And it is that's collaboration. A, it really is. And it's, think about it, though. It's, there's no community right now that doesn't need yeah. something to harness exactly. and to try to help, you know, help some of the young adults that have not found their way right. um, quite yet. You know? yeah. So I think that's that's hugely commendable yeah. on your behalf for seeing and, and seeing the value especially to think that businesses have a role in it it's not yeah. just just lay it on the schools because mm-hmm. <laughs> i right. was a teacher who felt like well yes, the schools know. are going to fix everything yeah. <laughs> but uh, no the the community organizations and the businesses and the community itself all get yeah. to see themselves as a part of the solution I love that. I love that you're doing that. 
So, Dan, tell us right now for what you're doing at Butter, what marketing strategies are you using that you're finding some success with? Well, fortunately, I'm an English major. <laughs> <laughs> Copywriting's no problem, right? So I love writing. <laughs> um, I, I've always, I've always relied on my neighborhood newspaper, um, the big newspapers and the big magazines. Um, every now and then, they give me a little shout out, and I, and I thank them. But, yeah. but my neighborhood newspaper is the place that I've relied on. Um, okay. I've been. The first years, I put uh, the silliest versions of ads I could think of uh, to just draw some attention to the uh, a, a new body in a shop that uh, maybe hadn't been quite as well loved as it could. Uh, uh-huh. In the in the last few years, um, I've been able. I was given a newspaper column in the newspaper to tell the story wow. of what it's like to run a business. Um, okay. Especially one that's wow. um, maybe trying some little more creative paths at times. Sure, so, absolutely. So my storytelling is my marketing. Um, ah. I I do that through the newspaper. I do that through my website. As you probably had a chance to read a few of yes, those. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I read some of your stories. <laughs> and, and I put myself into um, community events. Um, I accept just about any uh, you know invitation to churches and schools mm-hmm. uh, and to tell the story to to talk about um, what it's like to serve your community in this form as a business person. Um, there are people who wander into my shop who if um, I'm not doing dishes or <laughs> uh-huh. or, or helping the cook behind the grill, I. And they ask me, you know, how how did you get into this? I'll sit down with them for half an hour and wow, tell them. that's great, <laughs> um, though. It's a that's marketing great. tool for me because I know that the story I tell them will be told again yes. um, in lots of different ways. But it's also a way to um, leave a different impact. I mean, to me as a consumer, I know that when I have heard firsthand mm-hmm. um, the owner's story, directly from the owner it, it's himself, and know the passion and know what it took for them to get there, for whatever reason, I am more connected to that business. Yeah. And that business is going to be kind of always on my radar and my first choice whenever I'm Mm -hmm. entertaining spending any money in their market (laughs) at all you know what I mean it's going to almost be the de facto way it's going to be spent yeah yep I have those I have those people in my my history and in my current day who who've connected with me and I they're my go-tos I remember I think about them because their stories are are indeed very compelling and um, it's 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 really actually quite hard for me to walk into places where I don't see an owner. Yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I know what you mean. You just I look have for a, them. <laughs> yeah, and you know you have a much richer experience yeah. at that business whenever you you're involved in that, and I, I that that's what I begin to love and crave about doing dealing with small businesses and local businesses, and when I don't see that. I just feel a sense of almost like a loss and a disappointment yeah. because it's like, wow, that could have been so great, yeah. but it's not. It's yeah. not fulfilling at all. So. Yeah. Now, for um, the way that you measure your business and determine mm-hmm. how well you're doing and, and how uh, good things are, um, what type of performance metrics oh, or my. indicators are you looking <laughs> at right now? And, and why do you feel like those those particular indicators are important for your business? Yeah, I you know I this the current ones for me and and they shift. I mean they're they're always kind of shifting for different goals. But the current one for us, um, we moved into a space with a bigger kitchen and wanted to do more restaurant out of our bakery and coffee shop. Um, okay. In in our small space, we really couldn't do that. Uh, but we knew mm-hmm. part of moving was going to need to be increasing our restaurant's ability to be a restaurant. And mm-hmm. so one of the things I do every night is count the tickets, <laughs> count okay. the meal tickets. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we, we're watching when they come in, and <laughs> um, yeah, and and so those numbers for me um, tell a story of um, 
how we're doing. Um, yeah. it's, it's fun to watch. Um, yeah. I also have a, as a bakery, um, we're a small batch bakery. We, we send our, send our bakers in in the morning to fill our case. And at the end of the night, we wrap it up and put it away for, you know, the, the giveaways for the next day. And uh-huh. our little, our little shelf that's called the yesterday shelf, uh, is another <laughs> thing that I look at. Okay. Um, when I walk in in the morning and, and get a peek at what's left there, I either get this smile of, oh, they bought everything, or, uh-huh. or you look at the pile and go, hmm. Wow. What, <laughs> ha- what is, happened, what right? What happened? <laughs> and that's it's just a visual kind of metric mm-hmm. for me of how the bakery was doing that day. Um, and then with the, the the piece that has meant most for, the most to me right now is um, we have a set of interns from the building and we have been, you know, for the most part, a lot of them are very good about putting in their number of hours for their internship that they need, not only just to pay rent, but <laughs> right. but they feel like they're working. <laughs> and and so I am, I've been looking at how each of the young adults that I'm working with are doing on getting there on time and spending their getting there each day that they need to be that they're scheduled. Sure. Um, yeah. That that feels very important to me right now to help them build those routines. Um, and when you know somebody misses a day, where you know we're on them to like, right. come on, we need you here. We want you here. Yep. What happened? And that's um, you know that's something yeah. you know is going to be needed for whatever next thing they're exactly. going to you know end up yep. doing. So it's yep. building, cultivating that sense of responsibility and follow through on following through on your commitment. Yes, so indeed. Definitely <laughs> understand that. Now, Dan, one of the things I you know because I have the um, extreme opportunity of talking with business owners all over the country. I like to find out from your perspective if there are any holes in the market that you've identified. In other words, Mm -hmm. if somebody's looking for a niche, are there products and services in your area that you would love to be able to source locally, but you simply cannot find (laughs) them? Well, we've we our goal, you know, as a one of the first things I did as a shop was to say we're gonna we're gonna set local goals. We wanna we right. if I'm gonna live and work in my community, I'm gonna do the same with all of the folks that I work with. I want them to be in Wonderful. my community too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And over the years we've done a pretty good job of of narrowing that circle. Um the food system around us um has really grown over the last few years to be able mm-hmm. to do more support of us that way. Even in Minnesota, where the growing season yeah. is <laughs> uh, pretty much nice challenge, right? <laughs> um, we've we've found that um, you know the the things that have happened in the last couple of years that around greenhouse growing and hothouse growing to extend seasons. Um, have been really valuable for wow. being able to both be local and and yet and still get you know the the kind of quality produce and food that we're looking mm-hmm. for. That that market is a seems to be one that's um, going to be a growing one, especially in the northern climate. So sure, just I can being being willing to extend seasons because um, folks aren't as willing to go as far. Um, right. To, right. I don't want to go to California for my lettuce anymore. Um, I well, prefer so, to go to a greenhouse in the area. And there's a certain amount of things people understand the seasonality of, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and they yeah. say, well, I, I don't expect to eat a pumpkin, you know, in March. Yeah. You know, I understand that or whatever yeah. it is. But at the same time, there are certain staples that because of trucking and all yeah. that people are used to now yep. seeing all over at any given time. So to be able to take that and still get those kinds of things locally yeah. is definitely a huge yep. plus for your community. Yeah. And and the other goal that I've had over the, the entire course of my business has been to reduce waste in in this industry of restaurants yes. where waste is yes. such a such a huge problem. problem. So we went to compostable and biodegradable products. We've gone okay. to, you know, requiring our suppliers to provide us with things that are recyclable or compostable. Okay. Um, and that market, um, eight, 
years ago was just impossible to find things in. Uh-huh. Uh, even now, the you know, there's, there's, it feels like that is just the the next place to go. Um, there's the options are still quite limited in many of the things that we try to source. And mm-hmm. what it ends up being is I'll you know I'll have to choose products that don't quite fit, but it's the only mm-hmm. thing that's available. True. Uh, yeah. And so the I you know I think that that kind of green movement of you know in in the food business mm-hmm. um, has a support network below it that is just trying to catch up. <laughs> yes. No, I completely agree. <laughs> because all of those agree. products that were so easy to make uh, with all the non-renewable stuff um, right. are getting bypassed. And, yes. Uh, so my my suppliers really you know, often are just struggling to like uh, keep up with the, the production and demand um, mm-hmm. for compostable product. And, I'm um, sure. And I, I know we've we've had to you know, settle for things from uh, overseas instead of mm-hmm. locally, and uh, yeah. and I and that's that's what we want to you know that's what we want to try to keep you know keeping as much of that the the whole supply mm-hmm. chain that you're dealing yeah. with local as yeah. possible. And, and I really you know we've we've tried to reduce our footprint both in energy use and energy use for me is about how far did it have to come <laughs> to get yes. to me? No, you're exactly <laughs> if I'm right. asking for things that are a long ways away, I'm demanding energy that yeah. um, I would like to not do. Yeah. Yes. Well, I love that, that you have that as a kind of a, the philosophical statement of, of how you want to run your business. And then, then the task of actually finding and, and seeing that through becomes yeah. the challenge, you know, yeah. so but, and we but become I think, a market you know, that way too. Yes, uh, absolutely. For, for all those new products, uh, which well, is really fun it, to see. If you think of how far it's come in the last, you know, five to ten years, it really—I know—there's so mm-hmm. much more to yeah. come, and yeah. it will be, um, you know, you'll be amazed. <laughs> yeah, you'll be amazed at what's yeah. going on. So yeah. it's a great thing. So um, one of the things that I like to do, because um, you have been more than generous in telling your story you. and the ups and downs <laughs> and all that, I wanted to give you the opportunity to promote anything going on with butter that, that our listeners needed to be aware of. And um, we do have listeners in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So um, what can we let you promote for, with your business on the podcast? Well, you know, I I think one of the, the – I've always – thought about myself as a, you know, a business that's a community supported business and, mm-hmm. you know, seeking local services and local products. Um, but one of the things that often surprises people about our little bakery is that we also support local musicians um, oh, and, wow. and provide a, a music space, a music venue for neighbors and local musicians to perform and bring their friends. And, um, wow. And that has been, you know, one of the, one of the joys of, you know, and perks for me. Of, yes. <laughs> I like working Friday nights actually. Absolutely. I get to hear some Absolutely. really good music. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, but it's one of those, um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people think about, you know, music venues as bars and clubs and sure. that scene, um, and we've we've created a space that's much more of a family friendly, um, much low low level casual intimate space, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of fun for folks to perform in as musicians. So um, you know we've we have we have lots of people who are you know just starting <laughs> uh-huh, uh, right. students who are learning to perform and need places to perform and we've had folks who are veterans of the music business who just live in the neighborhood but and uh-huh. want to keep playing um, wow which is a you know for me is is a, a, a gift that i can provide uh, but it's also a gift to to be able to have them with me um, as, uh-huh. as performers so Changes um, the atmosphere, doesn't it? It, Changes certainly, the atmosphere. it certainly does. It's it's not a little bakery anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, yet it's still just a little bakery. Something. Yes, exactly. So yeah. I love that, though. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I always do is at the end of this, uh, when we 
post the whenever the mm-hmm. show goes live. I always have show notes and that sort of thing yeah. so that people can uh, read. And I, I want to link up to all the places that people can find out about you and get in mm-hmm. touch with you online. So where are you on the web? Where can oh, yeah. we find you? We, we have a website at butterbakerycafe.com. Okay. And that website uh, tells lots of good stories and has good links to many things. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, great. I keep a pretty active Facebook page at Butter Bakery. Wonderful. Okay, and, I'll link up to uh, that. And if you've been uh, a Twitter follower, um, yes, I, I tend to have fun little things that pop up because we're always doing something interesting, and that's okay. just how you can find me at Butter Bakery. Perfect. Well, I will link up to all those so people can get straight to you from the show notes for this podcast. And that way, uh, no one will miss anything that's going on with you. So I love that. Thank you. And um, Dan, you have been a pleasure to talk to. I have so enjoyed hearing your story. I I appreciate your commitment to supporting what is uh, often a a tough road to be in as a small business person. It is. It is. is appreciated. Well, that's what we're here for and trying to get the word out. And hopefully we can inspire some other people to try to go down the same path you've gone and and uh, step out. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right down. So, no, but you've laid a, a great story out and you've you've had a great path to success. And, you know, sticking around and still being here through the recession and that sort of thing, obviously, you're doing something right. Thank and you. we commend you for um, you. for even just making it through the Great Recession, because mm. so many of your, your competitors and even your, your peers mm-hmm. in the business world did not make mm-hmm. it through that. And so um, I'm, I'm glad that you're still here and able to tell us about it. Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.